0: Okay, so some of the things, this is Pete Beckman, that, that we get questioned on a lot is how do I overcome the client saying, well, I've got to think about it or getting people to move forward or um, to take action. And I know as a new agent that this could be one of the biggest challenges that you'll need to overcome uh, very quickly right? because you'll want to learn – uh, how to overcome this so that you can help people make the right decision. Now, I do want to start by saying um, the point of the think about it and things like that really go down into our our five steps to success, and really I believe that belief could could really fall into number one of those things. Um, you know, getting somebody. To move, getting somebody to make a decision in something that's best for their family, whether it's a new recruit that's joining your team who's looking at and saying, you know, i got to think about this, or you're sitting with a client and they're saying, well, i got to think about it. I think there's a few things that help overcome this, and we're going to talk today about um, doing things right on the offensive side. Right, The best way to handle an objection is to not get one. Right? so that you're not getting those objections. Therefore, on the back end or the defense side, you don't have to worry about trying to challenge it and overcome it. So I'm going to give you some tricks today that Brandon and I have used in the field for a long time that really helps with this. And I hope that you guys can take some of these things and implement them right away. I kind of started by saying I believe that number one is the core, which is belief. Right, If you're out sitting with mortgage protection families and you don't believe in mortgage protection or you're not really sure if you do, then it's going to be hard to show value to somebody else. Does that make sense? If you haven't closed yourself, it's going to be hard to close somebody else. right? If you don't own a product or policy that we offer, it's hard to show somebody else the value of that right? because you've got to be able to speak from experience and your own personal beliefs. Very, very hard to overcome that. Right. If somebody tells you, well, I've got to think about it for X reason, and you're feeling the same way, well, then it's hard to overcome. I think number two is not only with belief, that Brandy had spoke several weeks ago on a call that we did and spoke on what she called culture of clarity. And one of those things in the culture of clarity that she spoke about was to speak things positively for the outcomes that you want. Like if we want to build a culture um, within the family's home, right? that's what you're doing when you sit down with them, then you've got to speak reality into things, and you've got to speak positively into things. right? How do we do that? We're going to talk about that a little today. But to me, belief and positivity, believing that you're going to help that family, believing that you're going to resolve the problems that they have should be your focus, not that you're going to make a sale or a commission. Right? Um, Like John Maxwell said when we started this call, it's you help enough people get what they want and what they need, and you'll be taken care of. So your core thought has to be your own belief and the well-being of that family you're sitting with, resolving the problem that they have, not trying to sell them. It's a big difference, okay, and you really want to focus on that. But some things that we say is point number three is that you're going to want to stick to the process that we have in the home, right, the five Cs. Each one of those things are very, very, very important. So we're going to talk about in-home. Why is it important to care and connect? People buy from people they like. People buy from people they trust. Right? If you focus primarily on, you know, a, a problem that you think is there, but it's not a true problem, then it's not going to be fixed. Let me give some examples. I was on the phone with an agent the other day, and he said to me, he said Pete. I'm telling my agent to show everybody in the home return a premium. Because we love return a premium, we believe in return a premium, I'm going to show – I'm telling my agents to show everybody return a premium. And I stopped the agent for a minute, and I said, who told you to do that? And he said, well, I thought to do that. And I said, well, let's rethink this for a minute. Number one, can all of your clients afford return a premium? Probably not. Okay. Number two – just because you see value in return of premium, does it automatically mean that they will? Well, maybe not. I said, you're right. So number three is stick to the in-home process we have. Okay? And point number four is don't make assumptions on anything. Right? You may go in and present somebody return of premium options, sell them on something that they absolutely love, but then they can't afford the premium and instead of fessing up and saying well you know Pete I can't afford this premium instead they say well you know I'm going to have to think about this we need to look at our budget we just moved into the house we need to see what fits our budget we haven't even got our utility bill yet we've all heard that because we're selling them on something that they didn't see a value okay that'll get you to think about it all the time okay so frank betcher says in his book how I raise myself from failure to success in selling, is that I make no judgments and I offer no opinions of my own unless asked. So really it goes into point number four. Don't offer opinions into things. Be the purveyor of information. Build a connection and be a friend with somebody. But don't offer your opinion of what you think is best unless you're asked. Okay. So how would I handle the return of premium? There's one. If we go in and offer living benefits, well, I love living benefits, so I'm going to show everybody policies that only have living benefits. Or I love this certain waiver, disability income writer, whatever something is, and then you fall in love with it, I am very excited that you're happy about that feature of one of our policies. However, but what you cannot do is think that everybody's going to be excited about it just like you are. Remember, you're there for the death benefit. They want to protect somebody that they love. They're looking for a very simple way to get insurance without blood, without physical, without urine, but they're also looking to do it easy so they're not confused. That's why you're there. If they want to get confused, they'll call their state farm or all-state agent, or they'll go to USAA or Navy Fed. They're coming to us, and you're out to their home to keep it very, very simple. So how would I address somebody, for instance, on living benefits, or return of premium if I believe in it. What we like to do is we like to first make sure that they're committed to buy the policy, make sure we understand their budget. I'm going to go into that in a minute and explain how to do that. I think it's very, very key. But what I would present this in a way that the client feels like it's natural and normal to accept or decline an additional option. So let's say that I have a client who has a $200,000 mortgage. They're 48 years old. They're in great health, and I'm showing them a Forrester Strong Foundation term, or for this example, let's say I was showing a CFG or a Mutual of Omaha term because it has a return of premium option. So what I'll do is I'll show them the normal term. I'll show them 50 or 100 thousand, maybe a 20-year term, and I'll say, now listen, Joe or Cindy. These are your options like we talked about most people don't cover their home mortgage. This is what most people do. Here's an option for 50, here's an option for 100. Do you want to see anything more? Now, if the client stops and says, "No, I think I'm good with the 100,000." I say, "No problem. That one's great. What about you, Cindy?" "I think we're going to just go ahead and get my husband today. We're we're just going to get his policy." "No problem. I'm not offering judgments, I'm not offering opinions, I'm not saying that's a mistake." I'm just saying, no problem. Let me help you write this up for your husband. What I like to do is I have not brought return of premium out on the table yet because they're closed on the concept of what they've got. So I move on and I start doing the paperwork. As I'm doing the paperwork and continuing to small talk, I may say, oh, by the way, Bob, there's something that before I, I forget, I did not present you. I'm not trying to bring something up later, but there is an option um, that if you want the hundred thousand, there is an option where you can get all of your money back, and now it is maybe 20 or 30, maybe 40 percent more in premium, but at the end of the term you 'll get all of your money back. Would you like to see that option, or do you think we should just stick with this as we write it up? The client usually, most of the time, here 's why I know, not everybody sold on return of premium. No problem i 'm good with that we 'll just leave it without. Maybe one out of six to eight times that I say that, the client goes, you know what, I would like to see that. Maybe that is a good option. I'll pay more for that. See, but if I tried to present that while I'm going through the close, it might be too confusing. They might see an option that they really want but can't afford. It gave them time to think about it. Okay, That's how we like to present it. Even Now, the living benefits, I love that too because sometimes – As I'm writing up the app, I'll say, oh, by the way, it's all free and included. There's some features here that if you get sick or ill, you know, a chronic or critical illness, it'll actually pay the um, benefit, some of the benefit while living. But don't worry, when you get the policy, when I bring it out, when it comes out, or, you know, you get it in the mail, we'll talk together over the phone or I'll come out and we'll explain that. But I don't sell the policy based on living benefits, and I don't sell the policy based on return of premium. Now, I ask them if that's important to them as I'm doing the app. And if it is, then I'll offer the return of premium then. If not, I leave it alone and I move on. Because if I, if I show them something that they fall in love with that they can't afford, remember, they're not going to tell me, hey, Pete, I gotta, you know, I can't afford that. Most of the time what they're going to say is, I really need to look at my finances and I'll get back to you. I've got to think about this. So don't show things that aren't important. Okay. Number six, so that's number five. Don't show things that, are, that aren't important. Don't, and number four, don't offer an opinion of your own. Number seven, here's, here's a, a very good key. We talked about this a few weeks ago on our in-home presentation. Don't show the highest amount first. When quoting somebody, quote simple. What do I mean? Don't show 20, 30, you know, 25, 15. Don't show a multiple term options. Don't show them multiple options to where it's a non-medical versus a medical. Don't do that. Don't show them a million different options. Maybe like what I love that Dick Sylvester does is he'll, he'll ask them on the front end, now listen, there's two ways to do mortgage protection. One is you bear the risk, which means I've got to get blood and urine, and he explains that. And number two, insurance company bears the risk. Which one do you want? And when the client goes, no, I don't want to bear any risk. I don't want to deal with that, Fine. So don't show them ever show them a fully underwritten. Don't show them multiple term options. right? Don't show them return a premium and non-return a premium. Don't add a bunch of tons of riders. If you add the riders, it's fine. Don't explain them when quoting. Just go back once it's closed and say, oh, by the way, this also has a policy provision that if you have an accident or a major illness, it will waive the premium for a duration of time. See, you can bring those things later, but while you're quoting, a confused mind is an indecisive mind, so keep it simple. Brandon and I like to show people two options. Maybe we pick the term. Maybe it's 15, maybe it's 20, sometimes it's 30. We gauge their budget. We have an idea of what they'll do. And then we go and we, we show them options that fit their budget, like I showed in that first example, maybe a 50000 and a 100000 And then we ask them, would you like to see more, or do you think this is enough? That's a key question. The reason that's a key question, guys, is because if we start with the 200000 and they had the sales meeting before the meeting, like Dick says, and they, they said, hey, honey, we'll spend $80 a month and no more. If he shows us anything more, we've got to think about it, we're out. And I show them the $200,000 plan, and let's say it's $106 a month. That's the first number they're going to remember. Now, I can still show them hundred and fifty, but now they feel like I've taken something from them because they can't afford it versus I showed them the 50 and the 100. I put two options down, and a very simple statement. Now, Joe, Cindy, this is the options for 50 and 100. Would you like to see anything more, or do you think this is enough? And if he says, no problem, I'll see more. What's 150? See, they're gauging the budget. If they tell you what's asked, well, what's 150? That's telling you that he's willing to pay a little bit more, but he's not willing to pay double. Right, the premium on 200 should be double what the premium on 100 is. So they're telling you without telling you where their budget is. So be very, very good that when you're quoting, to show two options from the bottom up. If it's critical period, start with maybe six months or a year or a one year and a one and a half year option, and say now would you like to see two years or anything more than one and a half or is this enough? Same exact thing. Start low, work yourself up. If you start from the top and work yourself down, I promise it's not going to be pleasant. You won't like you know, what you get because you'll get a whole bunch of i got to think about it because they saw the top price and it scared them. The last trick that I want to show you guys that I think has been something lately that has been very, very effective for us is obtaining commitment from our client. You guys have to realize what you do is important. What we do is very, very important. Your job is very, very important. You may be the only person that sits in front of that family before tragedy or a death strikes. That's reality. You might be the only person to take what you do seriously. And in a relationship that you're building with the client, which is why it's so important for you to also have a relationship with the client, to care and connect about them, for them to care and connect about you and what they're doing. Because in any good relationship, just like when you're with the client, one side can't give everything and the other side give nothing. What do I mean? You can't go in and just do everything you can for the client, give them all the premiums, give them all the prices, sell them on everything, talk about all these features and benefits, and then here i got to think about it. Or there's no commitment. So part of our third step of our five Cs, which is conditions, is a big, big step. Once you've cared and connected, you really know who they are. You know their motivations. Why do they want the insurance? Maybe why didn't they get it from the last person that was there? What did they do that they didn't help them? You know, you gather the budget. You understand the health. You really get to know this family. You can't jump into quotes. There's a couple questions I've added to this lately that I've been doing in the home that I thought might not be as much of a bulldog approach as like what I normally do, which is make me a promise and tell me you've got to think about it. But I've done something lately. This question has helped a lot in the home lately, and Brandon and I started using this, and it's paying off. And it's a very simple question. So if I'm sitting with Joe and Cindy again, the question after I've got the budget and everything is, Joe and Cindy, let me ask you a question. How important? I know that it's important for you to protect your family, right? Protecting your family is important. I always ask them that. That's important. And they say, yes, we've got that far. So let me ask you, Joe and Cindy, premium aside, and I know that's important to you and it's got to fit your budget. Besides finding a plan that fits your budget, is there anything else that would hold you up from taking care of this insurance today with me? Is there anything else that would get in the way of you handling the insurance today, price aside. And sometimes they'll bring that up. Well, it's got to fit the premium. I I agree. Once the premium, we find something that fits that budget. But besides the budget, is there anything else that that would prohibit you from handling the insurance today? What I'm looking for is a commitment from the buyer before I quote them. So that they tell me, well, you know, I really like to run things through my brother or my son or whatever the objection might be. I want to know what that is on the offense, like I said, so that I don't have to play defense. So I get that up on the front end. And then we can have discussions about it. Or I can call Dick. See, if you guys are in a home and get an objection and don't know how to handle it, don't quote him a price. You're just giving, giving, giving. It's a relationship. They've got to give back too, right? So... I like to find that out. And most of the time, people are very thrown off by that question. And lately, in the homes that I've been in, a lot of people say, well, no, as long as it fits my budget, we're fine. As long as I can medically qualify for it, I'm fine. As long as I don't have to go through you know, a whole physical or something, and it takes months to issue, I'm fine. Right? As long as you know, you know, my wife and I can have five minutes here to discuss it, we're fine, no problem. So I'm getting those conditions out. So the question again is, now, Joe and Cindy, I understand that you're gonna, you want to protect your family. Your family means something to you when you want to take care of them. Yes. So let me ask you a question. Budget aside, as long as we find something that fits your budget, is there anything else that would prohibit or hinder you from taking care of the insurance today for your family? I like to get that on the front end. Maybe I'll come out some a time. Some of you guys have heard me do this. Well, you know, promise me you don't, won't tell me you've got to think about it then so that we're left to do it. But it's the same thing. So when I quote the family and I go through and I've handled all of any potential objection on the front side, guys, as long as you find something that fits their budget, which is why it's so important to start from the bottom and work your way up, you'll find that most of the time you'll write those apps Um, You won't get the I got to think about it so that you don't have to play a defense. Those would be my tricks that I would offer you that we've been using lately. Those can help you a lot in the home. I think when recruiting, too, you can use some of these same principles. Listen, Joe, I know you're coming on board with us. We need to start moving fast. Is there anything that would prohibit you from having your license done in in a week? Is there anything – see, understand where people are at. Meet them where they're at. Is there anything that would prohibit you from getting a conference ticket? Is there anything that would prohibit you from getting your contracting completed in the next 48 hours? See, those conversations with people help you understand before you're investing too much time or quoting, which is a mistake in the home, before a commitment, that you're spending your time with the right people who are committed to what you're doing and that you know you followed the process. That's why you're getting that commitment. I know, Dick, we didn't talk about this prior, but I know you've been a master at this for years. Is there anything that you would add or or like to uh discuss on this topic here? Hey Pete mhm- um. You are a master at this, as well as Brandon, and you've done a great job. I'm super glad you recorded this. And there is a record number of folks, new folks, on this call today. How important it is for a new agent to shorten his learning curve by knowing how to overcome this main objection from the very start. So, guys, I'm going to post this on the podcast. I highly recommend that you listen to it repeatedly. And as Pete said, you want to call from the home. You want to call Pete or Dick for advice on this sort of thing. And, um, Pete, uh, Dick, do you have anything you want to add?
1: Yes, Connie, I do. Pete, I thought you did an excellent job on this. People, uh, being clear and not adding things that will confuse clients is so important. Uh, The idea of starting to even mention the word IUL That's just confusing people. Uh, They don't understand the concept. All they sent the letter back for was for one reason, one reason only, and that was mortgage protection. And what happens so many times when we start talking in terms of, quote, insurance lingo, oh, this sounds like State Farm All-State or regular life insurance, I'll call my State Farm agent. And um, emotion sells just understanding he thinks he's going to live forever. She's worried he's going to get killed in a car wreck tomorrow. So how do we capitalize on that situation? Because she's right and he's wrong. So we capitalize on it by presenting things in such a way that it just makes sense and the emotion is there uh, to do. Um, I I made quite a few notes here today. Uh, The way, Pete, that you revised the presentation on taking care of this today is so important for everybody to learn and understand that concept. And I'm like you. Uh, I never bring up the living benefits until I need them, because many times we start talking about the living benefits and they don't care about it. All they want to know is if he dies, the house is paid for. So. Understanding that concept and that principle and keeping it so simple makes all the difference in the world, and it will make you a lot of sales. Whenever we're talking, even when I present the return of premium, I never present anything with my opinion. I present the facts and let them determine what they want. And that's been the concept from the beginning. Because if they think for a minute that you think one plan is better than another, and they can't afford it, they don't want to look stupid in your eyes or look like a cheapskate, and they're going to tell you, I've got to think about it. So those are just some perspectives that I have picked up over the years that have made a huge difference, and it makes it much easier for the client to buy rather than us to have to sell. Well,
0: Dick, thank you guys so much for that. I know we've learned a lot of what we've got from you guys, Guys, let's go out and have a big week. I know some of you are going to intend our Road to RM call here in, uh, momentarily in a few minutes. Guys, need anything from the house? Dick and I are here. Thank you guys for tuning in. We'll see you guys next week on our sales call.